Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today and every week. Wow. We're at a new episode. I feel like there's like a lot to cover. Um, there's so much actually before I get to my guest who is pretty, pretty amazing. Very excited to share this interview. I guess I want to start with um, probably the more mundane piece, which is that, well, I guess nothing's mundane, but um, today marks two weeks on the dot, on the calendar, two more weeks to sign up for my tarot course. She's popping. It's amazing. The response has been beyond. I kind of can't believe it. Um, yeah, so there's 14 days left to sign up. You can do so at the link in the show notes. My eight-week tarot course is called Tarot for the Wild Soul and is eight weeks of deeply beautiful, immersive online learning with me. Um, the videos are pre-recorded so that you can do that anytime. They're literally going to blow your head out of your asses. They're so gorgeous. Um, we have bonus contribute. Like it's, it's amazing. And you can read all about it on the website. You've heard me talk about it enough, but <laughs> you have two weeks, you know, and I also want to thank everybody for your response to the mini. So that I recorded about mine and Alicia's conversation. I just want to say to affirm that I am here to learn dialogue. Um, I'm not here to judge anybody. This is not a call out. This is not a call for anyone to change the mother piece. It's not a call for anyone to stop using it. It is, I am here to dialogue, learn. It's surely not going to be the last time we talk about the deck on the podcast in some form, but um, I'm especially here to learn and dialogue and listen to women and people of color around this issue. Um, as I also know and recognize that the mother piece was the first deck in for years that had people of color even on it. So it, it deserves a place at the table for some. And, uh, I, I'm 100% here to continue to learn and listen about that. Um, thank you for everybody who sent in your thoughts and your, uh, words of support and your words of, uh, you know, of anything that you had to share was, was valued and beautiful. Um, that became something so incredible. So I posted about that mini soda on Instagram and it got reported and then, or it got taken down. And then, um, I posted a mini, you know, the mini soda was up, but it's, we had trouble playing it and we had trouble playing a bunch of different episodes. I'm going to tell you something right now. I am not lying to any of you when I tell you that the Mercury shadow period is so hard for me. <laughs> like, I'll take a Mercury retrograde any day. These five days, these few goddamn days are, they're crazy. They're, they're really where everything peaks for me. So um, I want to say about the Minnesota's that it got to be, it, it turned into, which is very interesting, a file that couldn't be played anymore. So for anyone who didn't get to hear that mini-sode about mine and Alicia's episode, we had to take it down. If it got downloaded onto your iOS device, you may be able to still play it. 
I don't know. I'm kind of rolling with whatever spirit is doing on this one. Um, what I am going to do is in the next few weeks, I am going to record a small, gentle addendum to the beginning of Alicia's episode that kind of conveys what I shared um, about the deck, just honoring the problematic aspects of it. It's not about bashing it anyway, just about honoring. But if we're going to talk about it, we also have to talk about the issues. So um, that will be on the beginning of Alicia's episode starting in like probably the next few weeks so that if you miss the mini or can't play the episode anymore, I apologize for that. We had some trouble. Um, we had to change the feed on the podcast. If you're having trouble playing past episodes on your desktop, that's why. Um, thank you to Lonnie for letting us know that. <clears throat> um, so uh, we may have to do the same thing with some episodes. Again, I'm just surrendering to the medicine of this. Um, yeah, that's, that'll be enough about the mother piece for the moment. Um, but yeah, just letting everybody know what's going on with that. Thanking you and letting you know, again, I'm available to listen and to hear you at any time. So the next thing that I'm very excited to begin to, uh, share with all of you is that changes are coming to this podcast. So they're not going to be announced until monthly medicine for September, but uh, the flow of the podcast is going to start changing. This has been something that's been coming for a little while. Um, I've been kind of hearing spirit drop this into my ear, and at first I was like, no, and then I was like, oh, this is another podcast, and then it slowly made me realize, no, it's this podcast, and that these changes are needed and necessary and beautiful. And I really think you're going to like them. And I'm excited to share them with you. Uh, monthly medicines will still stay the same. It's just the other podcast um, episodes that will be formatted differently now um, in ways that I think are really going to be an up-leveling. And I'm so excited to share them with you. And that'll be whenever monthly medicine comes out next week. Speaking of monthly medicine... Um, you know, as you know, we usually have a monthly medicine episode come out Monday or the closest date to the first that we can. And, um, we're not going to do that this week because the 31st is on a Friday. So the, uh, monthly medicine episode will come out on the 31st on a Friday. So it's going to feel like there's no episode for a little while because it'll be more than a week, um, until it posts. Uh, and then the second thing is that there will be no episode on the week of the first because of the timing of all of that. Um, and the monthly medicine episode is going to be a big one to digest. So um, I will, I'm very excited um, to drop into that with you because it's not just the huge medicine of September, which is so big. Um, and such a, such a centering of all the work we've been doing, but is also part of it. It are these new kind of announcements that will be taking effect in September. So they're really, really quick. Um, yeah, I'm really pumped to share them with you. I'm really excited. Um, I might even announce something on Tuesday. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll do it. I'll, I'm going to flow with whatever I'm told. <laughs> um, and then finally, holy shit. So before we get to my guest, I just have to take a moment. So 
We are officially in room five retrogrades. Venus is going to go retrograde soon, so we'll be back in six. Uh, or Venus, um, yeah, absolutely. Venus will be retrograde soon. Um, eclipse season is over, and yet I know we are still feeling it. I am still feeling it, absolutely. So the thing with this time right now is very much for many of us, like we're moving, but we don't feel like we're moving or we are being kind of centered in one particular area of work when we might want to go to different areas of work right now. We might want to escape. We might want to move into different things and that's sort of the mercury piece of all of this is that, um, it can make us feel both very centered and very scattered. And it can sometimes make us feel like that at the same time, oddly, if that's where you are. And if that's where you're feeling yourself, um, there's nothing weird about that. These are very, very deep hermit eight of pentacles energies that we're already feeling because, um, you know, this is Virgo time. It's like, we're getting there. It's really, really an important thing to begin to think about how we are assimilating these energies, what we are doing with all that's being created in us as Virgo is happening in like two days or we're shifting into Virgo season. So Virgo is ruled by the hermit and it also has some associations with eight of pentacles because Virgos really work through experience, through masteries, through service. They do the long road. So it can be frustrating for Virgos because it might feel like everybody's moving faster than you or that people were already starting to kind of feel a little bit of that. My advice to anyone who's kind of in these weird energies, in these weird times as we transition from all this work in the her- in uh, Leo to the energy that we're going to be in in Virgo, of which we're probably still feeling those cusp vibes, um, is to just really let them wash over you and to really be present with everything. Um, there really is nothing else to do but to be with what's here and to take care of what's here. And part of what's here might just be your body, might just be your body's needs and assimilating and getting used to all of this. The energy right now is very intense for all that we've been in. Um, I understand the shadow doesn't affect everybody, but um, I feel like uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty wily right now, for sure. Um, I encourage you also to laugh, to really let yourself laugh at all of the things <laughs> that might be coming up for you at kind of all of the ridiculousness, like that mini sewed and the Instagram post, like I have to laugh at that and just be like, okay, cool. You know, like that's fine. It just is what it is. Not that I don't have my feelings about it, but what can you do really? So having said that, be light this week not light, like don't take things seriously, obviously do, but be willing to be light. And that's what I have to say 
in our kind of last journey to the full moon in Pisces on the 26th, just be sweet to yourselves and see if you can balance, see how easy spirit could make things for you if you're willing to invite that in. So having said that, I'm very pleased, very honored, very delighted to introduce my guest on the podcast to you today. I have on the podcast today, the amazing Marcella Kroll. So like so many of you, Marcella is a legend. She's been doing this work for years. She's been doing this work before Instagram, before Facebook, before kind of any of the things that you might imagine. She is uh, the absolute real deal, truly committed to her mastery, unafraid to be messy, unafraid to be strong, unafraid to be really in her truth. And not not only is she a profoundly powerful reader, intuitive teacher, artist, but she's also one of the nicest people in this community. Um, and it's such a lovely delight to know her even from a faraway perspective. Um, so I'd like to read her bio. Marcella Kroll is an artist, tarot reader, metaphysical teacher, and host of the podcast Saved by the Spell, which she sometimes posts and sometimes not. A professional artist for the last 22 years, she's been able to dedicate the last 10 years full-time to her tarot and oracle career. She's a program director for the Los Angeles Public Library, leading public classes for teens on tarot, the best, and other divination subjects while regularly holding healing circles, public ritual lectures, and workshops for men and women in the greater LA area, as well as traveling to other parts of the country and the globe to guide and teach others how to empower themselves through their personal intuitive connection to divination. Marcella and I go in deep on this episode. I mean, we're talking about being a highly sensitive person, um, process of recovery, almost dying, like really kind of all the things and her journey of how she got here. You're hearing, hearing something, by the way, that's my cat curling up in his little bean bag. If you don't hear anything, that's going to sound really weird, but it's true. It's happening. Um, Marcella's it's was one of those interviews where I've wanted to have her on this podcast since I created it. Um, but, um, being able to have her on was such a joy and felt like a real bucket list energy. Um, so I'm just so happy to have her and so happy to welcome her and I uh, hope you love our conversation again. Thank you for being here and I will see you next week. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. Marcella, welcome to the podcast. It's such, such an honor to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> um, I have so many questions for you, obviously, as I mentioned in the intro. <clears throat> uh, like, you're really one of the OGs, one of the original people doing this work that so many of us who have come up and started to read in the last like four or five years are just look to and honor and part of your lineage with doing this work is one that has always meant a lot to me 
And it's so exciting to get to talk to you about your process and your past. And um, yeah, I think I just want to start as I usually do with asking you, and it's a crazy big question, but it's really the only one that can encompass such a thing is just how you got started on this path of Mm. just service in the way that you offer it through your art, through tarot, through all the channels that you do. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. And I mean, I feel like if I'm going to give you the kind of background, I feel like I need to go back to my first kind of early engagement with metaphysical and like occult and mystical, magical things. And yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, as a kid, I, I would see things and feel things. And, um, and I'm talking like under eight years old, you know, wow. uh, really pain. I've, you know, had some pretty intense life experiences, um, including, um, you know, uh, a few near death experiences, one at six months old, oh. uh, and then just having some issues around like cognitive and like, uh, nervous system things. So always being extra sensitive, but not really fully understanding what that meant. Um, as I got older, um, I was definitely always drawn to the magical and the mystical, uh, even much to the chagrin of the people around me. <laughs> I was always like in fantasy land and kind of like wondering about magic and fairies and making potions on my floor as like a kid. And, you know, um, but it, I started to really feel more attuned to things. Um, in my teens, uh, my mom had this pagan friend who gave me like Dion Fortune's psychic self-defense book. Wow. Um, and it was like after I had run away the first time. And, um, when I, when the cops picked me up and brought me back, she gave me that. So that was like kind of my foray into like learning more. Um, and I was 12 at the time. And then, uh, after a, I had a pretty, I'm pretty vocal and open about my problems with addiction and sobriety. So from about 12 on to 18, um, I had a severe problem with drugs and alcohol, which at this point in my life, I know is because I was trying to soften and stifle out the extra sensitivity abilities I had, which including psychic things, seeing things, my prophetic dreaming, my deep empathy for things and processing things as if they were my own. Cause I didn't have anyone to teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, at 18, I overdosed and my rehab present from my <laughs> you know, step grandmother was a deck of tarot cards. Wow. Um, and because I, you know, in rehab, you know, and you get out of treatment, you're not, you can't hang out with anyone that you're supposed to, that you used to hang out with. So I actually, um, got a book on astrology and started learning, like, I'm going to learn about myself, like to try to figure out what the hell is wrong with me, because I thought I could figure it out through astrology mm-hmm. and through tarot cards. And I started to teach myself, um, how to do these little readings. And, and it was like my secret little thing. I mean, I did not share this with other people, not at that point. At that point, this was like my weird spooky thing that people didn't really want to be a part of anyway, but it was my thing that gave me comfort. Um, tarot became my best friend during my first like bout with this recovery because it was like a vehicle for me to like learn about myself. And again, no one taught me, you know, I had Mm -hmm. to like 
I had the little booklet that came with the cards and and then I kind of, you know, started to fall back into like I was living, you know, with roommates and people thought it was weird and I kind of would hide it away and every once in a while someone would ask me for a reading. Um and then that was it was the Egyptian tarot. That was my first deck. And then mm-hmm. the second deck I got was my roommate at the time. Um, I was night. So like a year later, like 19 and he gave me the Thoth deck and that was pretty intense. Um, because I started working with that one quite regularly, way more than I found the difference. I started to see the difference in connecting to different decks. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this one feels very much like another limb. Like it feels very natural. Whereas the other one, it was more like intense. Like I had to really like dive into it. And, um, so yeah, like I began reading and periodically I would read for friends. Um, I lived at the time I had moved into a nonprofit arts organization that had subsidized housing for artists. So I got in not because of readings, but I actually made a living in my early twenties, um, through mid twenties because I lived at this place in Providence, Rhode Island, and I made art for a living and did illustration work and silk screening. I was super involved in the artistic community and, um, tarot again, always around, but like I had a second, it was like having a second life. Mm-hmm. I had art life where I made art and I played music. And then I had my weird mystical witchy life you know, growing up in New England, which I also call witch burning country, (laughs) not badly accepted. Like people really freaked out, like put that away, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, even the most progressive of progressives, you know, it was really just not for them. So, um, but I'd always been into this magical world and witchcraft and, and all of these things because it gave me a place to belong. And I felt like that with tarot. Mm -hmm. It felt like family. Um, it was my biggest confidant, my best friend, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I could always take my cards and it was a big deal for me to take my cards out to share with other people. Um, when that all kind of changed was, um, I had moved to New York. Um, then I would do readings by word of mouth. I, I lived in Brooklyn for a little while. I lived in very brief, actually like two and a half years. And then I, took my cards and I went to Venezuela and stayed with a friend, um, on a whim. Um, my cards actually saved me and almost got me into deeper trouble when I was trying to leave Venezuela. (laughs) I got stopped and searched and the search person pulled them out and was like very freaked out. Uh, and like, they were going to detain me because I looked like a crazy person. And they were like, why are you here? And, um, but then you know, I, I offered to read her fortune and she was just like, go get out of here. And they kicked me out. So I came back to the U S <laughs> and thank you, tarot. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, a whim, but yeah, moved to, um, California. I moved to Los Angeles, uh, 12 years ago. And, you know, I, I, I had a couple of jobs. I, I worked for a designer. I worked for a showroom. Um, I did readings occasionally for my coworkers. Um, I also got fired for not being the right vibe anymore, which is something that had never happened to me, never being mm-hmm. fired in the low being the right vibe. And I lost my home at the same time, a year wow. from the day of moving to Los Angeles, I lost everything. And there was my trusty tarot. Mm-hmm. I all of a sudden had to figure out how to make money. I couldn't get a job at first. Um, so I started doing readings for meals and, uh, and, you know, just c- 
connection and trade and, and all of that. And then it, it just kept happening. I ended up getting a job at the library. I was a messenger clerk. I worked in a cafe. I had all these like random jobs, but tarot was always there. Um, and then 10 years ago, so it was like a couple years in and then 10 years I was looking, um, I had another near death experience. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't want to be here and I was over, I was tired. I was not happy. And I had a pretty surreal near death experience, um, which, um, I could tell you more about that after, but like the point is I, I begged for my life to be taken. Yeah. I begged, I screamed at creator. I screamed at whoever the F you are, whoever is out there, just take me. And I begged for a change. And that when I woke up from that, after trying to drive my car into a tree, mm. um, unsuccessfully, uh, without a scratch on me, I, um, oh. I had, uh, what I would call, uh, a, you know, angelic experience. I saw something, it could have been the drugs that I had relapsed on, or it could have been fate or some kind of weird shot by the universe. But, mm -hmm. um, I woke up and I felt fine. And, um, oh, wow. was at, I went to my friend's to stay there the night. And then I got on the computer the next day, um, at the library and I found this place that was looking for tarot readers and it was Mystic journey bookstore. It was opening new metaphysical store opening in Venice. And, um, I went in and I interviewed and I got hired on the spot. And then the rest is history. As you say, like it just became my full-time work. Um, and I fought it. I fought it. I did not think like, this is really my work. Um, particularly at a time when, you know, Instagram wasn't happening just yet. <laughs> like finding out about people was literally like walking through the door yeah, yeah. Uh, and kind of setting up shop wherever I could. So I started to get a little more bold and set up shop in the back of coffee shops or in clubs even. And, um, it was a lot of word of mouth. So it's kind of what got it going, Yeah, you know? all of those, like lead, that big, long explanation is my big lead up, you know, like it, mm -hmm. it was like a lot of fumbling and bumbling and, um, you know, and doing and doing it because it really has been my life, like my lifeline to so much of what I do now. It's the reason is because of tarot. Hmm. So. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story because it's profound and an honor to hear it. Secondly, there's just so much that you shared that I, I know is so, is going to be so unbelievably important and impactful for so many people hearing it who are on their journeys of recovery. I know that there are going to be some people who hear this that are going to maybe even think for the first time ever, like, holy shit, maybe I am using or drinking or, um, consistently moving towards substances that numb me because I am psychic too. And I have these really, really extreme experiences of empathy that I don't know that I can process on my own. And, um, it's no wonder that, well, when I heard you talking, I just thought, thank God Marcella stayed on the planet. <laughs> like, sure. You know, it's, it's very beautiful. The truth that you share <clears throat> that, um, obviously comes out in everything you do. So, thank you. yes, thank you for sharing. And so do you still work with the thought deck? Is that still your um, deck? 
Not so much. I have one. Um, it's interesting. I go through these phases and I feel like as I head into different ex- chapters of my life or different stages, um, I, I, uh, move through them. The soft deck was my mainstay for a while, but, um, since then I've gone through many different, uh, decks that have been a staple. Uh, golden tarot was one for a while. Um, the, uh, let's see, like the Santa Morta deck more recently. Um, it's there a was a vampi- vampire deck I used for a long time. <laughs> it's very goth phase. And then Amazing. Um, more currently though, I have been, um, going to the classics. I have this, the centennial, um, the best, you know, Smith weight. Yeah. Deck. Mm-hmm. And I, I've just, I've been feeling this need to just use that. Like sometimes I'll go through like these phases of it. And this one is, I've been just super uber drawn to it. Um, in the last three months, like I, it's like my, my staple between that one. And then, um, I'll also use, uh, Oracle decks, particularly the two decks that I've created. Um, yeah, just because I like layer, but yeah, I mean, I love, there's so many different types of tarot out there that I just love so much. There's, um, oh, I don't even know where to begin. I have so many that I also just hold on to for like, uh, examples to show my students when I teach teens tarot. Totally. So it's like, I have this, stu- I have like so many, I'm like, look at this one. Look at that one. It's just the <laughs> artwork is so beautiful. And yes. yeah. So right now it's the, you know, the centennial Smith way, like, um, uh, that deck I'm, I'm using the most just because, um, there's so much in it oh. that I, I see now, like every time I use it, I see something new that I didn't see before. Like there's so many layers. And I also just, the more I learn about, um, Pamela Coleman Smith and the more I identify with her as a person and, um, you know, and I just want to honor her legacy, like by yeah. continuing to like connect to, to the energy of it. And like, even though she's no longer with us, like feeling her energy on another plane and like sending deep appreciation, mm. um, for what she's created. I love that. You know, I, it's so beautiful because I feel like there that that is a journey that a lot of us share right it's like we get given these decks or we okay. feel drawn to these decks that are not the rider uh, or the okay. smith rider and then all of a sudden like that has happened to me i cannot read with the smith rider because she like it won't let me <laughs> but uh-huh. i do but uh-huh. i do teach with it right. um very delightedly so and there is just I don't know. We're just so lucky to have it. <laughs> like I, I, totally. I, I'm not even saying anything really that profound with that. Just like I'm constantly, it's so comforting. Like it's just like this book of medicine that just okay. these images bring you right back to, I don't know. I just love that deck. Nothing eloquent here. Just to say that it, <laughs> it's, it, it's exciting to me that you're getting into it. And that particular, um, publication of that deck the centennial i feel like is Mm -hmm. so special well that's what i think though too it's like that it's i've never been drawn to just like you know the good old rider weight like there's something about this particular you know um expression of this deck because it's so closely linked to her because you can see as an artist i appreciate the details like even looking at like say for example like the 
nine of swords and mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. And I'm looking at this person. Usually you just notice the person's in bed. They're upset, right? Like, mm-hmm. but when I look at this, I can see in the bed frame below this person, the images, I can see the detail yeah. in the quilt that there yeah. is. When you look at the quilt there, I'm like, Oh, all the astrological symbols are oh, in this yeah. quilt. Like there's details that, that I feel like got lost that, this brings back to the forefront and now mm-hmm. I can appreciate it in this whole other way, you know, and totally. I needed that with those other decks that I worked with. They connected to, uh, an energy that I needed at the time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, and now with this one, it's connecting to an energy that not just for me, but it's for my clients and what they need to know at the time. Oh, that's beautiful. And just continues to, you know, further hold up the idea that the more you do this work, the more, the more that, um, tutelage and sense of constantly learning just is on, you know, it's just so much a part of it. The more we do this work, the more we're fascinated in getting back to the root of it all. So I love that. Yeah. There's just so much to glean from that deck. We're so lucky to have it. Um, Let's talk about, so I'm not sure which one, so you mentioned this, um, and I'm yeah. so happy that you did because it's something I wanted to talk about here. So you teach teens tarot at the library yeah. in LA, <clears throat> and I would love to know, uh, A, thank you for your service, because if I had um, had you when I was a teenager, it probably would have been an easier life for me. <laughs> Um, I, I'm sure everyone who works with you feels that way. Um, it's an incredible offering to do that. And I'd love to know how you, a, were drawn to it, how, Mm -hmm. how it started to happen and what it brings to your life to teach teens this art. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, one of my first jobs in LA and one of my earliest jobs was working at, for the Los Angeles public library as a messenger clerk. And, mm. um, the teen library and at the, the branch I worked at, um, you know, her and I got on really great. And, and I mean, it, as in uh, the library in Los Angeles is so open, you know, I mean, I'm covered in tattoos. They didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like, do you do a good, do you do, do you know the Dewey decimal system? Do you do your job? Do you show up? You <laughs> know, it's like, yeah, it was really wonderful to be able to be part of the library and, um, the library offers such wonderful programming and through their openness, they really want to bring things that are maybe unique and outside of the everyday norm to the, to the teens and to the community. So the young adult librarian approached me because she knew I read tarot cards, um, because we had spoken about it. I honestly, I vehemently was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to teach, uh, they want, they don't want to know that. And she's like, no, they do. So she was kind of funny as she had a couple of the teens approach me on it too, to convince me like, no, we really want to <laughs> learn. And I was like, okay, well, if you guys want to learn, cause they were regulars, you know, you have your neighborhood kids that come in all the time yeah. or families. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll do it for you guys. Cause they asked me, you know, mm-hmm. usually when adults ask me, I'm like, eh, no, but the kids, there's no, <laughs> you know, they really, when they want to learn something, they'll let you know when they don't, they'll ignore you or they'll tell yeah. you <laughs> like, no. So them asking me was super special. And so with that, I did a presentation. I wanted to offer an intro to tarot because it can be so overwhelming. Um, 
you know, to someone that doesn't know anything about it, but I wanted to include more about the history and not just like, this is how you read cards. You know, I wanted it to have like educational purpose. Mm. So I did a presentation. Honestly, I didn't think it would go anywhere, but they had two other of the, the two, uh, two other librarians show up and like review it, which Hmm. I didn't realize was a thing. So they took notes and they gave me some pointers. And then, I don't know, a week or so later, I got an email that was like, you've been approved. I was like, approved for what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't yeah. know I had applied, but thank you. Yeah. So, and I had done like some work with the library before where I had done like story time reading because I love working with kids. You know, um, it, it helps me just like feel better about the world and, yeah. and um it helps like heal some stuff that I feel like I wish I had when I was their age. So the whole process, like I had been fingerprinted already because of working, like, uh, cause you, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, you know, it's a, they want to make sure they've got like legit people and like, you know, it's, there's a whole legal process. Um, but it was not that serious. It wasn't that like extensive, but it was extensive enough that like, you can't just show up and be like, I want to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. you have to really be reliable and, you know, um, you know, a person of your word. So anyway, I got into the system and then they said, okay, well now if any of the branches in the Los Angeles County, which there are many, (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar with the Los Angeles branches, Mm -hmm. there's a lot. Um, they said, you know, they can reach out to you and it's in the system. So that was nine years ago and I've been, wow. so now it's, yeah, it's a pretty wild ride. I mean, for a little while, the first few years, it was like one or two here and there, mostly around Halloween, <laughs> um, you know, cause they want to like keep with the themes, but now, especially in the last four years with the, uh, more of the, in- the interest being peaked and wanting to know more, the kids are requesting it oh. as an, you know, um, they're like, can we have you know, can we, what what do you want to learn about? They're like, we want to learn about tarot. We want to learn about this. They asked me all sorts of questions. Um, they're super tapped in. And like, um, now like last year I, I taught eight at eight branches. And then this, you know, before it was like maybe one or two. Now it's been a lot. And this year I've already taught at four in, um, in 2018, which is a, a lot considering it's not even near Halloween. Yeah. Um, you know, so and they're, they're at their, um, it's, it's been really wonderful. I, I learned so much through their lens of perception because they see things that I completely don't see anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they point out things and the things that they point out what they're afraid of in the beginning, you know, I, one of the things I like to do with the cards with the kids is I like to dispel like, kind of like, um, the myths around the scarier looking ones, you know, and what they mean. And a lot of them have really good insight. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes the things that they pick out as frightening, it's funny cause it's not what you think. Like mm. temperance. One of the kids picked out temperance. I was like, why? You know, yeah. he's like, they're waking up scary looking. And I was like, interesting. Okay. You know, and I let them, you know, the interaction, um, it keeps me, it, it keeps me soft <laughs> because yeah. I, I, um, I tried to teach adults, you know, for a little while and I just, I would get heartbroken and hurt when like, um, I know you teach a lot of adults and I think it's amazing, um, that you teach adults tarot and like that connection. But for me, it was so personal for me. 
um, this work that when I started teaching adults and I had a couple of them start to like do kind of little less scrupulous things, like go after clients of mine and say like they were my student. Um, it ain't cute. No, it felt really like I got so hurt, so betrayed feeling Mm -hmm. and I would react not appropriately, you know, but I didn't have tools then either. You know, I never thought that this work would be what it is, even though it's all like, it was like definitely a wish, like, oh, I wish people were more open. And then people started to become more open. And I'm like, oh, but this is my work. So I started to get freaked out and like go into fear and lack and was scared and was like, how am I going to take care of myself? This is the only thing I know how to do, mm. you know? And, um, you know, I, I, I've definitely not handled things in the best way possible at times. But a lot of it I realize now, especially with my recovery, um, that, I have the opportunity now to look at it differently, particularly when I teach these kids, because I just see things with such a different perspective, hearing their, their interpretations and their, their vision, um, of a future and giving them hope that they can do something other than just like the standard nine to five, like, Mm. you know, give them encouragement to make their own deck or give them encouragement to their own divination systems. They're, they're so free for the most part, you know, um, particularly because I also don't allow adults in the room. <laughs> nice. So, like I usually be like, you are adults are only allowed if they're accompanied by a teen or a tween. Um, and you know, it gives them some freedom to just be themselves. Yes. So I think that also it helps the, the mood and the environment, and, um, just the fun part, making it fun again, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, so. I love that. You know, there's so much joy to this. I, I don't, um, I've never taught teens before, but again, it feels like a deep calling and one that I've never, I've never heard or felt a yes to do. I feel like that's, it's a gift to let that shine and step into that. And it, you obviously, it's such a calling for you to be that beacon and to be in that exchange with teenagers in the tarot. I think it's incredible. Um, but yeah, it, I will also, I will totally, when you were talking, I thought like, wow, how refreshing, <laughs> you know, cause it, it does like, <clears throat> especially in the last year mm-hmm. I have had to, I mean, completely, basically I've had to do so much work around clarifying for myself, like, is this partial theft of verbiage or is this like a student finding their footing Mm -hmm. what's the line do I say something and I too have had experiences where I wish I had handled it differently but where you know when you do this work and you really are doing it from a place that it's put in your hand and then you offer it and then you see that someone else is offering it and Mm -hmm. you know it's very painful and I think people don't even realize that they're hurting or even making a dent on the radar. But, Mm -hmm. um, what a gift to be with a completely different set of eyes and ears that it's not even in the realm of possibility (laughs) that later. Right. Yeah. Like it's so pure and so beautiful and teaching adults can be pure too, but it comes with like, you know, like copyright sometimes and (laughs) like all different kinds of bullshit that like, I can imagine it's just a very clarifying, enriching experience across the board. Yeah. It's, you know, working with the teens and the tweens and like 
having this like freedom to like let them also, I think it's also because I, I had missed out on so much that, you know, like seeing them have the experience of connecting to this work in a healthy way or in a non-scared way or in a mm-hmm. non-survivalist way, like the way I had to connect to it, um, you know, it, it, it really helps me like stay again, like I mentioned, stay soft, you know, because there's a lot in this world as you know, like that can make you hard or challenged or, um, there's been oftentimes I I've wanted to just give this work up completely. And, um, I mean, even recently, and, and I, I say that with complete transparency because I get so, um, like, what's the point? Why am I even doing this? You know, um, because it's just, it's, it's, it's hard out there for people who are sensitive and for beyond sensitive, like when you're just like an open vessel all the time and, you know, you see and feel so much, you can really, I don't know. You can go to a pretty negative headspace or a dark place. I mean, I'm really grateful for the tools that I have. And again, like being able to work with these fresh eyes with the kids and, um, it's definitely a big part of it, you know? So I was just gonna, it's a beautiful segue. I would like to talk to you and and you share anything you're comfortable with sharing on this platform. Um, I would love to know, you know, part of the most striking thing about your journey and just as somebody who like has, is just witness to you, has like broken bread with you, has, has seen you from afar and also met you. Um, it's, I mean, the depth of your being is, it's pretty clear that you're, I mean, you obviously it's clear from many different, um, clear in many different ways you're just basically very clear channel like uh, very deep very old soul beyond and it seems that you're open to way more than just like the dead and you know Uh it's like multi-dimensional channel very rare um and i say that because if you care to share how you gained um the ability to live with that, to develop ways of, because so much of what you offer, you do so much about boundary work, protection and cord cutting. And I'm curious, like, where did all of those gifts develop and how did you begin to integrate them in order to like live your life and do this work, but also be the open channel that you're obviously, you were just born as. Well, I, Thank you for that. I mean, I, you know, I, a lot of the things that I teach, I've, I mean, come from a place of having to learn how to do these things to stay in balance because it's really easy for me to get thrown off the beam and, you know, and finding balance and living and functioning, uh, being like, so turned on and tapped in all the time. It's like, I tried to tell people like, what is it like? And, um, you know, oftentimes it's like, it's like being on a permanent, like weird trip. Like the the radio is on, the TV is on, someone's talking to you and someone's calling you and someone texting you all at the same time. It's the only way I can describe it. 
um, you know, it's been a hard journey because I really thought for, there's been periods of my life where I thought, well, maybe you're just crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe you're just mentally ill. Yeah. Um, I have mentally ill brother, half brother. I have mentally ill mother. I have lots of history of things that some things I just found out about, like things that I, you know, I, you know, lots of things that would not like, it It would be really easy to say, well, she's clearly needs to be institutionalized. Um, but there was something about just finding certain things at the right time. I think I found the right books, <laughs> the right, like instincts at the certain time, knowing when to leave certain situations, um, devoting myself to just saying, okay, like you need to get, be a clear channel as much as possible. And this isn't always the route for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wish I could say that I was like a devoted meditator or a devoted yoga practice practicer or whatever. Like I had like this, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm constantly running the gamut of fun and constantly. It's almost like I, I, I equate it to like when you see like an old school astronomer person, like with a, with a telescope and because the earth is always moving, they have to constantly keep adjusting the lens. And I feel like that's how I am in my life. No one thing is always going to work for me all the time. And I, especially as I open more and more and I become like more of a um, committed, I guess, a committed healer or more of a committed channel. I have to constantly be readjusting my lens. That makes sense to m- my sanity and the world around me. And that's included me abruptly leaving situations and relationships mm-hmm. and um, substances. And with, you know, and I, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not, I've, I've not done it the right way a lot of the times you know, because I didn't have the framework, I didn't have the tools and I'm just learning as I go. Um, you know, and I think that being in, like, I am in a 12 step program, uh, now for the last 22 months Mm -hmm. and that has helped me immensely, but I mean, spiritual practices and connecting to things that I didn't even know. I, you know, like just like hungry for it. Yeah and shops and places and learning and all these things have helped me. And then I've had to develop my own manner of being. And I thought, well, why this has helped this person, this helps me. Maybe I should share that with other people Um, because people naturally come to me and ask me things, whether they know what I do or not, you know? And um, again, it's just one of those things. Like I tried to run from this. I tried to run from being myself many times Mm -hmm. and, and I, and it, it's always come back to bite me, you know, yeah, it's like, I hear when, you. you know, so I don't know. It's, it's just this ongoing process. And I wish I could say it was because I learned to do this and I learned to do that, but I don't because it's constantly evolving and changing just I like, love... yeah, you sorry, know, go ahead. it's okay. It's just like finding, I don't know. It's weird. You know, I mean, everything is weird these days. Everything is like, everything is being, um, everything is raw. Yes. everything feels like your skin is peeled off and it's the world's true. throwing salt at you and blowing on you mm-hmm. and you're like, ah! <laughs> like <laughs> um, 
I mean, I've tried it all. I ran away to, uh, I ran away for three months and lived on a Pueblo with no one around, but Buffalo and, you know, like, and I, I, and that, you know, I thought that was the solution. It wasn't. And then I lived in a tiny apartment and overworked and that I thought that was the solution. It wasn't, you know, it's like, there's so mm -hmm. many things that we do that we have to readjust our sales and, you know, and I think that the only thing that has helped me is I just have always, since I was a little kid, even believed there was something out there bigger than me mm -hmm. that I could not touch, feel, or explain. And I also have my own versions of my own creation story of how I got here because I just didn't know my birth story for so long. Mm. So you make things up, but in a way they're kind of true, yeah. <laughs> you know, even if they sound cuckoo, like, yeah, of course you're a little bit alien. You're a little bit this, but you have to make up these things to feel comfortable in the skin, especially when you don't have a connection to your roots, but you know, you're here. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that because a normalizes what this is. It's like, we don't know. And that's part mm -hmm. of the problem is that people are running around claiming that they have answers. Like we're on yeah. this together. <laughs> like yeah. some of us, some of us are put in a position to be sharing about how we got out of dark woods. But the mm -hmm. thing is like, you don't ever really leave that forest until you're ready to leave this lifetime. You're just totally constantly gaining new tools to navigate and evolve on the way. So I just really mm. want to thank you for answering so honestly, because it affirms, it affirms, like, I'll just say like my own story, because I'm not a regular meditator. I'm not a regular <laughs> yogi. Um, yep. I like, there are so many things that about me physically that don't fit in people's idea or paradigm about what like quote healers are supposed to look like in many ways, in some ways, right. yes, in many ways, no. And in a way that's been like some of the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because nobody is hanging around me because my life looks so perfect. It's like really totally. the mm -hmm. opposite quite, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like the opposite. So I just love and appreciate that answer so profoundly. It's very, very tonifying and very comforting and very um, empowering. Cause I think so many of us share this and it's not to diminish the, beauty and the oneness of your particular path. But I think that idea of feeling so different and needing to drop into probably the truth of how your soul came here, which is probably way truer than how your human body came here. You know, totally. it's like, <laughs> so it's, it's just awesome to hear someone as badass as you saying, basically like, I'm still learning. I don't know. You know, like I, you, I'm sure yeah. you know, and you've got your shit lockdown, which is really important. But, um, I also love that you expressed like how important it is to quote unquote, do things in a harder way than necessary or quote unquote, make mistakes. Like that's been my whole life is like right. doing something. Cause I don't know maybe the most graceful way to do it, but I know that I have to do X or Y or Z and mm -hmm. you just keep improving along the way. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, and the other aspect that's been really, you know, interesting in all of this, you know, in this path and this journey is I've never belonged. Mm. I never belonged. 
I never belong. And I'm not saying that in this like sad, whatever way. Like I just, I I think there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. I think that I've never belonged. Um, I never belonged to my own family. I still don't belong in my own family. Um, I'm multiracial. I don't belong in any group. Um, I've never been, I've been poor enough before for certain things, but I've never been rich enough. Um, even though I'd like to be, to do more. Um, um, I've never been feminine enough. I've never been masculine enough. I've never been anything enough to put me in a comfortable category. And I think that that's also affected like my practice in the way and the types of people I get all walks of life that come to see me or that I encounter because they don't belong or feel like disconnected and somehow. And I think that's part of, even though it sucks or it has sucked most of my life Mm -hmm. to not feel like I fit in, like this work has given me a place to feel at home. Um, you know, and, and the only other thing that I felt close to it, honestly, has been my kind of sober community. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't about like, what, what can you do? It's like, no, just show up and try to be better and, and admit yeah. that like, you're just, you know, I admit all the time how flawed I am. I'm fine with that. I'm fine yeah. with admitting. Um, I, I, my living amends is to try to do better. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't mean I try to erase the past and pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I try to pretend like I'm good all the time. Cause I'm not, I, you know, we're yeah. human. We're not mm-hmm. bodhisattvas. And, and, you know, I also get very upset. I was born into this body, Yeah. Uh, you know, because I've tried to leave it so many times, mm-hmm. you know, it's not comfortable here. Um, but I have been in a place where I have to just fucking accept it and go, yeah. this is, this is what we're here. We might as well accept it mm-hmm. and then do something about it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, or we could keep fighting it and be at or odds with ourselves and odds with the world around us, you know, yeah. but just to bring it back to like tarot and readings and in healings, it's the only place I feel at home aside from like sitting there drawing, yeah. you know, a pa- painting. It's the only time that I feel I'm totally okay with being here. It's beautiful, Marcella. Thank you. Yeah. Let's talk about kind of the last thing that I want to bring up, I think. Sure. Are your amazing decks, sacred symbols, and nature nurture, right? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if I had gotten it backward. Yeah. What are the birth stories of those decks? They're the best. Amazing. Um, Thank you. Sacred symbols came first, right? Sacred symbols came first okay. um, in 2013. That's um, what I thought. That, yeah, I was uh, I was actually homeless at the time, and a friend of mine was like, "Hey, do you want to stay here for the summer?" So I was staying in her her place, you know, on a little air mattress, and um, I I had notebooks of things that, so sometimes when I do readings and stuff, I will see things like I'll get like an impression Mm -hmm. or an image. And I just, I started making a list of the, the symbols and the things that I would see, because it became almost like, um, for me with readings, when I would see a certain symbol, it would be like code, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're on like Morse code for something, you know? So it was like little clues. So I started taking notes and then I started, um, assigning like 
words to the, to the image, you know? So like, um, that I would see, you know, and through that, I just kind of went through that summer and I started these little, had a little watercolor pad and a pen and I, I did all these little drawings. And then also at that time I was going through like a crazy psychic weird upgrade. (laughs) So like everything electronic was dying around me. Like I blew through two computers. Aligned, clearly aligned, like clearly (laughs) on purpose. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, everything was like not working electronically. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing I had electronically that worked at the time was an iPhone (laughs) three. It was like, (laughs) the brick of the phone. And like, so I would take the, I did the, the drawings, the little paintings. And then I was, I edited them in my, in a weird photo app in my iPhone three. And then a friend of mine from Providence, from Providence that I know my friend, Emily, she actually, her name is on the box too. She helped me significantly. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm staying on this girl's like air mattress. I'm making these things. I don't know. Maybe it should be a deck. And she said, you should make it a deck. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Again, very like nonchalant, whatever. Yeah. She's like, send me the images. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, just send them to me. I want to try something. She's a graphic designer. And like within 24 hours, she gets back to me and she's like, okay, these are all image. Like these are like card size. Like, and she had like helped me like look up. She found, she's like, I found this printer in New York. Like it was like a weird game thing. And she's like, write some meaning. So it's like the, the thing that cracks me up is, you know, I didn't think anything of it. We did it. And then I was like, she's like, well, if you get a hundred printed, it's like a thousand at the time. This is what it was. It was like a thousand. I was like, all right, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. And then literally this is spirit working because within two weeks, a client of mine who, you know, I, I do have some well-off clients, you know, and she was just like, what are you up to? And I was Mm. telling her, oh, I worked on this thing. I'm trying to pay off my car, you know, whatever. It was like (laughs) at the time she was like, well, how much would it cost? And I told her, she goes, my guys want me to do this for you. And she wrote me a check for Fuck, the first what? Press. And she's like, I just want, I want an autograph one. And I was like, Aww. okay. And, um, and I was like, okay, this is crazy, but I thank you. And I'm doing this. And I did it. And honestly, I thought I'm going to be sitting on these decks for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the first edition, they were in a tuck box. It was really, you know, like a very basic kind of different, simpler, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then they sold out. Of course they did. And then did. people wanted more. And I was like, what? But the other thing, too, was I decided I did. I It wasn't like these decks aren't just printed and then I put them out in the world. I found it. I was like, I need to do something special. So every time I do get a pressing done, I do a ritual with them. Mm. All the decks are smudged and anointed with a particular oil. Actually, this was also part of the process. Before I got them printed, I had gone to uh, San Francisco and a former, I consider him a teacher, um, David Randy. He was one of the, the owners of Sword of the Rose, who he passed away that year. Um, the last time I saw him, I had gone to the shop and I was like, I want to get some incense to bless these cards I'm going to make. And he's such a light and anyone that knows him he's such a guide and Mm. such a staple of the community and he grabbed my arm and he was not like a touchy-feely guy and he grabbed my arm and he said you need to do this 
it's not just for you. And he, I swear it was just channeled through him. And he goes, use this oil. And he pulls out this archangel oil. And I had a connection with archangels just with my own last near death experience and seeing an angel. And it just was really speaking. Mm -hmm. And that was the last time I saw him. He died a few months later, tragically in a fire. And I feel like his energy is just such a unique, like, part of this, you know, and he's touched so many people. And then he really was a channel and he's someone that really helped me also launch these in a different way. So now, you know, flash forward a couple of years, I was really unhappy with the printer, um, with the quality, the things that were happening with it. So I found a new printer and I upgraded the box and I added three symbols. I did not add any of the weird spelling or change the booklet in any way mm-hmm. because I didn't have the means or the tools, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a computer graphic person. Um, and, uh, but I reprinted them and now just done the, well, we've just, I've just celebrated the 12th pressing mm-hmm. of these cards. Um, my plan is I do, and I would like to go back in at some point. I want to upgrade them. I want to redo the booklet. I want to do it from a place of where I'm at now um, and give them. The other thing is like in the booklet, it says the source, but I want to really include some more details because I feel like um, it's so important in this day and age to have those details be in there. I did not yeah. have the means to do it at that time uh, or the, the proper information. And I would like to do that now because there's a lot of misconceptions sometimes with these cards. And it's funny, some of the feedback, people really love them. Or I've had a couple of people complain about them saying they were too computer generated, which I laugh hysterically. Cause, Cause they're like, like not, no, I'm like, you know, I was like sitting on an air mattress, like, <laughs> drawing these, <laughs> like, you know, and then also just, you know, just, just to preserve, you know, like integrity and, and like give them, like an upgrade, you know, because I think they are yeah. tools. I want anyone, whether you're three years old or you're 80 years old to connect with them. Oh, I um, love that. And the second, thank you. You know, it's just, it's been a wild ride. Um, they've taught me. And the thing is also as the longer I've gotten to work with them, the more they tell me about who they are, yeah, you know, of course, and, like they develop different meanings or connections mm. and, um, you know, nature nurture came, um, just last year. Nature Nurture is only That's a year old. That's what I thought. She's like the new baby. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. And totally. I'm like that Nature Nurture came um, in a completely different concept. I, you know, the first kind of like hearing, like I heard from them was I heard, I got like a really strong message, like, and I heard a voice and it was like, you need to make a deck with mm. like, that's focused on nature and symbols that like archetypes because if mankind keeps going the way it is, it's not going to be here. Mm. Like they're not going to be here. And it was very ominous. And I pushed it to the back of my head. Cause I was like, I am not in the place to hear that right now. And like, <laughs> you know, I was like totally immersed in the death of my, like my stepdad, like, and my breakup. And, You're like, and this ain't going to be that. There's no and way. I was, I was like, I can't not touch this right now. Like, that's no pressure, you know? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and you get in the place of, like, who the hell am I to channel that information, you know? Um, but then I had, like, that, like, a few months later, I had a reading with this ancient crystal skull named Einstein, which is a whole other weird thing that Einstein 
will download information into you and channel like messages. So the message was, you need to create a deck, one that focuses on nature. And I was like, really? Am I hearing this again? Okay. So I ignored it again. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I got sober and I did really extreme things to get sober. And then I dove head into activism and organizing fundraisers and again, ignoring my, my messages um, until I got the flu and I got totally taken out mm. and like really bad. And then I couldn't leave. I was like homebound. Um, and then the voice came back again and said, you need to do this. And I just started drawing mm. and the whole process, I did all of the drawings, paintings. I did them all in two weeks, which is insane. I wow. gave myself car- wow. <laughs> Um, And then it took a whole nine months, though, for them to be, like, the book to be written and then to be birthed. Yeah. Because, um, which I was in the zone. I don't know. It was a different place. It was a different time. Um and I wanted something that felt like I kept wanting to do an app, but then the app wasn't working. Like nothing lined up for me to do an app. So that's why I chose to make them small. They're like pocket size. I wanted them to be travel mm-hmm. friendly because, you know, apps are great, but you know, sometimes you just want something in your hands. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and the purpose of these cards with nature nurture is that yes, you're going to get your individual healing, but you're also I want that attention to go on the image. And when that your attention, whether you're conscious of it or not, it sends healing Mm. to the archetype or the, the, the creature in the image, you know, so we have more of awareness, you know, it's just, so that's how that came. And now those are on their third pressing, which is mind blowing. I'm so grateful. And, you know, and, and they are like babies, you know, they're like, I, I get really kind of, I get overwhelmed and um, proud of them in different ways, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I defend them too. You know, I've had some people say some weird things to me, but I don't know. I think that's just humanity, right? Yes. People say weird things to people all the time. Like, I really liked this, but I didn't like that. And I'm like, great. <laughs> like, you know, get like, the what hell out of here. Terrific. Or, <laughs> or people that make assumptions about who I am because they don't know me and they don't understand the circumstance of where they come from. And of course, like I said, I want to correct it and I want to include more information. But I mean, I had someone like people try to like tell me off or tell me I had no business or, and I'm like, wow. you, um, they told me like, you're just another white lady and not that there's anything wrong with being a white lady, but like, I'm not white. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, like, it's just like things like that, you yeah. know, it's like, like, I'm like, you know, nothing of my circumstance of how I was like scraping the floor and sleeping in my car. And like, you know, yeah. you don't know my, I don't, you know, I mean, for years I didn't even know, I didn't know my origin, you know, and, and I'm finding that the more we become aware of all our wounds, the more we get confronted with actually healing them. Mm-hmm. So they, even those wounds or those things that were perceived as hurtful that are coming to me front and center. I I'm also grateful, even though it's painful because guess what? Like, it's just, it's time, it's time to let all the bullshit go and it's time for us to own our purpose and our path. And I feel like these cards for me have been such a mesh of 
the intuitive work that I'm here to do and my artistic work that I feel so at home in. Mm. And I'm grateful for that. Amazing. Well, it's really also such a gift to all of us. It's amazing. And there'll be links on this episode in the liner notes about where you can buy your own version of these decks. It's I loved hearing your, how they were born. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing Marcella. Yeah. Um, thanks for asking. <laughs> this has been the fullest, most juicy interview. And because of that, we only have time for one more cue, but okay. it's, a, it's a good one. Um, what tarot card do you feel like you are swimming through and moving through right now in your life? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to pick just one, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can pick more than one. You can. Well, it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I know personally, it's interesting because we're in like this justice high priestess year. And those that's like my personal card is justice high priestess, like those two cards um, I connect to so much. I feel like this mm -hmm. is the year that I'm really stepping into myself for the first time ever. Finally, wow. at like 41, I'm here and I'm stepping into who I am, not who people told me to be. Yeah. Not who I pretended to be. And um, I'm in a tower year. So everything, all those old constructs and structures and rules have gone out the window yeah. and everything I thought I knew. So I'm definitely working through those a lot. Um, definitely working through a lot of those and, and having to just like let shit fall apart. And then also at the same time, feeling the liberation of it falling apart. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, um, would be, I think, terrified of some of the things that, um, I've had to endure in my life, uh, and including like the changes that I'm enduring right now in my life with letting my old job go and like letting different things leave. And, but I, I really, in this moment, as we're talking, I'm so grateful to be talking to you because I feel, I feel liberation right now yeah. in all of that. And I'm not scared. I'm not scared um, of, of it, you know, um, the way I have been in the past. So mm. I think those cards definitely, um, the other one that keeps haunting me is the eight of swords. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the eight of swords haunts me a lot, especially these days, because it's literally about where do I tie myself up? Where do yeah. I make these things harder than they need to be? And I, I never really understood it, you know, like the way I do now, now I just, I kind of chuckle when I see that. I'm like, okay, there she goes again. Mm -hmm. uh, totally. You know, so that's been an interesting one to find a new relationship with it. Mm. So. Yeah. I love that. And you know, there's, um, I too am in a tower year and there really mm -hmm. is just something about the unbelievable shake. I mean, it's just, I was, I didn't know when I pulled that car. Well, it's not a pulling of a card. It was the number, but <clears throat> I didn't know when I was like, Oh shit, this is a tower year. I wasn't quite sure how it was all gonna like what that meant. Right. Um, but it's been so far, probably one of the most intense years of my life, which is saying something, but also one of the most liberating. And I've been thinking fucking constantly about eight of swords too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because yes. it's like, um, the, the heart, I, it's just so hard to see where the door is unlocked. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so yeah. hard to see where we're, we're in prison. We're not, we're mm -hmm. trapped. We're not, 
we're free, mm-hmm. but we don't know it. It's like kind of all the things and mm-hmm. um, no better time to go through a tower card year. I feel like than a high priestess just this year. Totally. Like, totally. I think that you're like in that place of like, for me personally, one of the things that it's been such a joy to let go of and why it's like, why didn't I do it sooner is, you know, we're so programmed to be in resentment. And, and I think yes. that's, that to me, every time the eight of swords comes up, I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck am I resentful for? Because that's, what's holding me. That's why I can't see the door. That's why I can't see the way out. And, um, to make the decision to just be done. That's um, so powerful. It's, 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 it's a hard one because we love to hold on to those resentments. You know, they justify how we behave. They justify how we show up and, and w- to just drop them and actually just be in it. It doesn't mean you forget the heart. It doesn't mean you go, Oh, that was shitty. It just, it stops having power over you. Yeah. And that's when you can like, you know, move into different territory. And I, you know, so that's usually for me when I, when I pull that card too, I'm like, Oh, here we go. What are we, <laughs> we going to look What are we going to look at? What are we going to own our part with? And, and, yeah. and, and how do we amend it or do it differently next time? If you can't amend it, how do you just do something different? Love it. Thank you for that. So beautiful. Well, Marcella, this has been an immense pleasure. An honor. I adore you. Thank you for all of your work and service in this world. Um, Where can people find you? Thank you so much for having me and for seeing me and for, you know, creating this platform and doing the work that you do too. I'm really appreciative of it. And, um, I can be found. I have a website, marcellacroll.com. My podcast is saved by the spell.com. And I, my Instagram is just at Marcella Kroll. So they're amazing. Well, yeah. thank you again, Marcella. And, um, yeah, for everyone listening, we'll have all that information on the liner notes of the podcast. We'll also have where you can purchase Marcella's decks. It's on her site, but might as well get a direct link because why not? Um, yeah, again, be well. And uh, thank you for coming on. 